You are listening to Losing Weight with ADHD, the podcast to help you discover solutions to well-being, improved health, and sustainable weight loss with ADHD. If you're a woman with ADHD who's tired of trying every diet and weight loss program with no lasting success, I understand exactly where you are, and I want to help you to finally see the change you deserve. I'm your host, Jennifer Watts, an accountant turned nutrition and life coach with ADHD myself. Once I discovered the connections between ADHD and my lifelong struggle with weight, I was finally able to make lasting change in a way that felt great. If you want to do the same, then let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to this bonus episode of the podcast. This was a conversation that I had with Jennifer Dent Brown. This is somebody that I have admired greatly for a while. She is a certified health and life coach, and she has her Stop Dieting Forever program and podcast as well. And she helps women learn to stop dieting and start living. She has also been in our shoes. (laughs) She has struggled with keeping weight off, and she also has ADHD. So I just like reached out to her on my own because I love listening to her podcast and like I resonated with a lot of what she had to say, which you'll hear in this conversation. But we just decided to have a conversation and we had only met that time. We recorded and I thought that you guys might benefit from hearing some of the things that we had to say. And so I just, I really like, really love her work. I think you guys will benefit from this and you could give her podcast a listen as well. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. All right. Hello, Jennifer Watts. Yes. (laughs) So just a little bit of a background here. Jennifer and I found each other on Instagram. I think you messaged me, right? Is that how I did? Like I messaged you when I found your podcast actually um, was it like a month or two or two ago. I listened to your episode talking about ADHD and I, oh, I, that's I right. emailed you, messaged you, and I was like, Thank you for this. It's like you're ta- you're talking all about me. And then we connected through another Facebook group or uh, Instagram group, I think, somehow. Yeah. And so here we are. You are an ADHD weight loss coach, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I am a health, life, and weight loss coach. And mm-hmm. so we just decided it would be fun. You were looking for podcast guests. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking to be on other people's podcasts so I can talk <laughs> about what I do in the Stop Dieting Forever movement and just to connect with other people. And I have ADHD. As well. So I was like, let's just have a conversation and see what happens. So this is our, actually our very first time having a face-to-face live conversation. And we decided, hey, let's just record it. Let's <laughs> see what happens. But it's funny for me because I feel like I already know you from listening to your podcast. I know because I tell so, all my business, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. So I'm curious to know, how did you get into ADHD weight loss or Mm -hmm. weight loss for people with ADHD? Like it's such a very like specific niche. Yeah, it's so specific. And to me, it's like, it's kind of mind blowing to me that it's not a bigger thing. So I was only recently diagnosed. It's within the last year that I was diagnosed with ADHD and I have struggled with my weight off and on like my basically since I was 13. And when I got my diagnosis, it was like a light bulb, like everything made sense as to 
the connection between the struggles that I had had with trying to lose weight and just the way that the ADHD kind of manifests in me. And I just wanted to shout it from the rooftops to like so many other women who have been in my shoes to say, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, you know, like you just have to approach it differently. And so I'm actually a CPA. <laughs> That's what my, my really? real, I wanted to, shouldn't say real career. My initial career was, and I just thought I want to help people. And so I just pivoted (laughs) right into working on my life coach school certification. I have gotten all sorts of nutrition certifications and just really passionately want to help women in that position. Oh, I love that. Gave me little goosebumps. It gave me the chills. I love that so much. I'm recent, not recently, I guess it's probably been about two years now since I was Mm -hmm. diagnosed officially. And I went through kind of like a depression at first. I don't know if you experience the same thing as being diagnosed later, Mm -hmm. but when you realize like, wow, like I've been struggling all of my life and there, like, had I known things could have been so much more different, like in school, growing up, all the things like this makes so much sense. But then it was like, I feel so badly for my like inner child, for my little girl self And I went through a period of like, I was just really, really, really sad about it. And I talked to someone else who had been, she's a coach and she had been diagnosed as an adult. And she was like, it's this thing called masking was a term that Mm -hmm. she used where you just kind of like, well, do you know what it is? You can explain it better than I can. So go ahead, explain it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's really just you try to accommodate for your differences or your, you know, trying to kind of meld yourself into society or the way things are working and pretend that you're like everybody else. There's not always a recognition that you're doing it, but it is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And you probably, you know, would have been doing it since you were a little girl, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And when I think about that, I was like, oh, no wonder I was overeating or eating all the time. Especially because I hit my highest weight when I was in corporate, especially when I was working like that was just that's a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) My corporate life is just a whole nother thing. But I was under so much pressure and I put myself under so much pressure. So I was like, oh, no wonder I was like always eating. Yeah. Doesn't it make so much sense in retrospect? And like when you were talking about it. To me, I, yeah, it was like a depression and then almost like grief, like grief mm-hmm. for the way your life could have been if you had known. And I I mean, it's not like you want to live in regret about how things went. And I'm super thankful to have the diagnosis now and, and everything makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. But even just what you said there about like your time in corporate, like that, when I look back, I'm like that first when I was articling for to get my CPA designation, that first couple of years was just intense. And I put on so much weight because it's exhausting. You're spending the whole day like trying to be a certain way, never thinking that you measure up and you're you're just emotionally, mentally, physically drained at the end of the day. And for me, I know that was like, you go right to the food mm-hmm. <laughs> to cope with that kind of stuff. And, and you don't know any better. It's just that's that's the mechanism at the time. And you're just doing the best you can in the situation. So, but it, yeah. it definitely makes sense looking back. 
I had the same thing when I became a, well, yeah, I was, I was a coach. So I was working to leave corporate and become a coach, but I had entered into, it was like 2018. I'd entered into like the life coach school coaches. And I was like in different programs and I was really trying to scale my business quickly. And I gained 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I still didn't know I had ADHD, but it was the same kind of thought process that was that manifested again because I was working to build this business and I didn't know I felt like I had to show up differently. I had to keep up with everybody else. Oh, the compare and despair was terrible. Oh, it was awful. And it's funny because I don't remember like consciously eating a lot, but you know, like a little bite here, a little bite there, a little snack here, a little handful here, like that, that Mm -hmm. all adds up. Mm -hmm. And for me, it added up to 20 pounds really quickly. Yeah. And don't you find too that like, because you don't really recognize how much you're doing that and how much it's adding up, then you also feel like I'm not doing anything wrong. Like, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Then you're really confused. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and then there's, you're so, it's so easy to be like mad at yourself and have a lot of shame around it, which is just piling on those emotions on top of everything that you're already experiencing. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy. And I don't know if it gets any easier. I think the the awareness is what makes it less traumatic. A hundred percent. That to me, the awareness is like such a huge piece of even what I talk about with weight loss for women with ADHD or people, anybody who identifies as women. But it's the awareness of all of that stuff in so many areas, like awareness of your hunger cues, which can be challenging for people with ADHD, but also just awareness of your emotions and your thoughts around this stuff. And that's like awareness and acceptance of it is like what's going to help you get past that and be able to make lasting change. Tell me about the difficulty that people with ADHD, and is it just ADHD people that have trouble with hunger cues or is this anyone who's neurodivergent? I think that I don't know a lot about other areas of neurodiversity, but I suspect mm-hmm. it's it affects more than just people with ADHD. But that's just where my knowledge lies is with ADHD. But I think it's probably pretty common across the board. But yeah, so it's the the struggle with the hunger cues is really comes down to interoceptive awareness. So like our actual like like in our brain how it works with our ability to read our body cues and so we don't have as much sensitivity i guess to being able to tell when our bodies are hungry when we're satisfied when we're thirsty you know those types of variations they're, they're not super obvious to people with ADHD and potentially other neurodiversities and it doesn't mean that they don't exist. It's just not as like glaringly obvious mm-hmm. as it might be to somebody else. So it can just be you you have the awareness, just like you talked about. You really have to develop that awareness so that you can consciously look for those cues because they're there. They're just mm-hmm. not as naturally going to come up for you, right? That's so interesting. I never yeah. knew that. I never yeah. knew that. I never knew that it was a it would, it's different for people with ADHD to feel the hunger cues. I call them satisfaction levels. Mm, um, so that's very interesting. 
I am dialed in now to like, Mm -hmm. I know when I'm hungry. I know the difference between emotional hunger and physical hunger. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's like the logical knowledge of like, this is how emotional hunger comes on very quickly. Like Mm -hmm. physical hunger is more gradual. Maybe it's the logical knowledge of it. I feel like I I am in touch, but I don't know. I don't remember struggling with it, but maybe I didn't know I was supposed to struggle with it. Yeah. (laughs) And I just figured it out. (laughs) Yeah. And like you do have a lot of, because I know you talk about the different types of hunger, right? Mm -hmm. Do do you Mm -hmm. talk about that kind of stuff? So yeah, I guess when you have that awareness, it is a little bit easier to kind of pay attention to it enough. But for people who don't even know or don't even realize that it's something that they should be paying attention to, it can be a real struggle. And then especially too with people with ADHD who can like get hyper-focused on something or if they're really in the zone when they're working and then all of a sudden it's 2 p.m. and they haven't eaten yet. And by by that point, you're so far gone. You're like in that hangry, ravenous... And you're just going to eat whatever you that's, can grab. Like, that's dangerous. That's yeah, dangerous it zone. Is. It's like the worst place to be, right? Because you're not in that moment going to be like, what's a balanced meal I can make for myself right now? You're like, open you're up the cupboard and eat. stuff in your mouth like, exactly. <laughs> get in here. <laughs> yeah. So there's so many little factors that you wouldn't really on the surface think about with mm-hmm. how your ADHD might present that factor into how you're going to pay attention to those things and be able to like reach your goals when it comes to changing your body or losing weight or anything like that. That's so fascinating. Yeah, I my ability to hyperfocus is it's great, but sometimes yeah. it's not so great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be able to, when I do get locked and loaded on something, to be able to focus on something for, I remember I was working, this is a couple of weeks ago, I was working on, I think I was creating content and it was a weekend and I started early and the day just flew by. And I remember Kevin, my husband came to the door and he was like, you've been working for 15 hours. I was like, really? Whoa. I was like, 15 hours? And I was like, oh, and I was like in the zone. Like I had no intention of stopping. I was like, I got to get this done. I just, it wasn't even like, I got to get this done. I was just so focused. I didn't want to stop. But as soon as he came in and like reminded me of what time it was, all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is bad. You should not have be sitting in front of your computer for 15 hours. And Mm -hmm. so it just like took me out. Yeah. And And I was like, there's no going done. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right, let me finish. Yeah, because I love those moments because I don't know about how, about you, but sometimes it just takes so long to get focused, to get started. The ramp up time can take like mm-hmm. an hour, 90 mm-hmm. minutes to get yeah. started on something. So when you're able to focus on something, it's like, yes, don't knock me out of this, please. And then do you find too with that kind of stuff like you you do so much better when you have a timeline or a deadline or or any kind of pressure for it. Yeah, I don't know if it's better though, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But I get it done. Yeah. I get it sure. done. Yeah. So what for you were like how how did you go about end up getting diagnosed? I had an inkling for years that I probably had ADHD. I had my nephews have it like diagnosed, yeah. but they're boys. And then in our, our, we have like a family joke. My brother has it. My dad is like undiagnosed, but it's very clear <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> he has ADHD. 
And I remember being, I was working in corporate. I think this might've been the time where I was working with Deloitte. I was also studying to the Health uh, Institute of Integrative Nutrition. So I was also doing, I don't remember exactly what the moment was, but I remember sitting at my desk and I remember scroll, like Googling, how do I know if I have ADHD? And I took one of those little online tests or whatever. And it was like, you need further diagnosis. Like you need to go see a professional. And at that point I just stopped. I like, I froze and I stopped because I mean, at that point in my life, mental health wasn't a thing. Nobody was talking about mental health, especially in the black community. And nobody in my family talks about it. I didn't even know who else. Like, what does that even mean? A professional? It's like, who do I even go see? Like, I don't even know who, who do I talk to about this? And so I just had like a slam the laptop kind of moment and just brushed it aside. So that was my first inclination of like, okay, something's different. <laughs> and then when I got married and my husband's an entrepreneur too, and he works from home and his working style is so drastically different from mine. And I was just like, I'm just, I was so fascinated because it just showed me the contrast of like how he processes things and gets things done and how I don't do that. And another clue that tipped me off was when I was working in corporate, you know, we used to share our screens a lot and like, I always had trouble in Excel. And it's so funny that you were CPA because I was like, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> not me, not this brain. But we'd like share our screens and have to like show our colleagues what we're doing or whatever, like show them something. And I remember watching like my other colleagues and they would like zip around the computer screen. I'm like, God, I can't I can't think that fast. Mm -hmm. Like my brain doesn't process that fast. And first I was like, oh, maybe it's because I'm just older than them. And then I was like, no, I think it's because of my brain just doesn't function in that way. Yeah. And then I just got, I got to a point where I was really just stressed out. I was tired as a full-time coach and business, like building a business. And I just hit a point where I was just like, something up here is just not working. And I think I heard, oh, there were some other coaches that came out saying like that they were recently diagnosed with ADHD and I was like, all right, let me like go down this path and see what what this is and did some research, got a referral for a therapist, went to go see him. Bad experience. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like did not go back to see him. And then I found someone else online and she was a psychotherapist and she was very kind. And we did the whole assessment thing. And she was like, yeah. <laughs> Definitely have ADHD. I mean, at some point I was like crying. It was a whole thing. But she was like, yeah, you definitely have ADHD. Yeah. That sounds so much like like me. Because even my son had been diagnosed. He's mm. 11 now, but he was seven at the time. I think he was seven. And I didn't know anything about it before that. And it was kind of a shock. And even doing like research and stuff to try to do what we could to help him. Once I read all that stuff, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense for the struggles that he had been having. But it still never dawned on me that it was something that I was experiencing because it's so different in women. Mm -hmm. And all of the literature and all the research and everything 
that I came across was all on like basically boys. Like you just think of like this little boy bouncing off the walls. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's just not like that. Like it's so much of it for me anyways. I know I don't want to like generalize, but it's a lot of it was like internal, right? Like internal hyperactivity and Mm -hmm. that type of stuff. So yeah, I was kind of the same. Like it was, I realized finally, well, I had been seeing a therapist who had said like, did you ever get tested? Because usually when, you know, a child is diagnosed, then it's likelihood, like you said, like, it's like, genetic and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so nobody ever asked me. (laughs) I think it was just presumed that it came from my husband's side. But yeah, so then, yeah, I went out and sought the diagnosis. And I was the same as you, like, in that that session it was just tears because Mm -hmm. everything made sense and and yeah yeah, it's pretty crazy it really is well and it's on now that I'm I guess maybe because I'm in the algorithm on Instagram Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get all the ADHD stuff I feel like Mm -hmm. you know there's so much more information out there but I'm like probably just because I'm following people or you know I've been looking at stuff with with ADHD in it. So tell me like who, how do you reach your clients? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Like what's your. Yeah. It's kind of tough because it like it's for so many women. Like when I talk to people, they're like kind of blown away when they realize the connection. Mm-hmm. And so it's tough to find people and say like, if they're not aware of the connection and the problem there. So I really, it's just, I'm mostly just on Instagram and it's just a matter of like putting that out there. Did you know? And, and allowing people to see that connection. And then they're like, Oh my goodness. It's like you're inside my brain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then just ending up to speak to people and yeah. And then it just kind of goes from there because so many women that I talk to who think that there's just something wrong with them. And that's why they have not been able to make other programs work for them. And I think making that connection just brings so much relief. And then having an opportunity to work with somebody who understands where they're coming from. I think that's so much of it is they really want to feel like they're being heard and -hmm. listened to and, and that somebody can actually appreciate what they're feeling because I think there's a lot of this sense that like you're just not trying hard enough Mm -hmm. or you're just like you just don't want it enough and and that's why you can't stick to it for more than like two weeks or something like that Mm -hmm. and yeah so it's it that's mostly how that happens with with me is just talking to women and making that connection and then them wanting to work with somebody who truly understands them but I do have to say that like programs like yours, like obviously I haven't been in your program, but I love your stuff. (laughs) And I think the approach that you take, the stop dieting forever, that whole approach is so good for people that think like, well, think like us, right? I mean, we're not all exactly the same, but there's so much emotional understanding as well as like, yeah, just the thought work that goes into it is so huge for for seeing any kind of success with that. So, I mean, I can understand how a program like yours would also be like amazing for mm-hmm. women with ADHD. It yeah. is. It's so funny because I do some some of my clients. I'm like, have you been tested? <laughs> Not to- <laughs> do you find that you do that now? You're like, oh yeah, I oh, noticed. Yeah. Right. It's like pers- <laughs> I notice the traits, like the way that they think, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sounds like me. It sounds yeah, sounds like my brain. 
I don't normally say that out loud to people, but it's, it crosses my mind and I don't want to be the one like you need to go get tested because that's not, I don't feel like that's my place as a coach, but it does give me an advantage because I understand the thought process that's happening when they're not doing the work, when they have trouble sitting down to focus on doing their self-coaching. Like I understand what's happening. So I'm like, oh yeah, that was totally me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally me. Mm-hmm. Do you find that your clients know that they're diagnosed or they, because there's so many people who don't know mm-hmm. that they yeah. have ADHD. There's a lot of people that are just, have just presumed that they do also because it's not, I mean, even like your experience with the first person that you spoke to, the first doctor that you spoke to, like, it's not super easy to get a diagnosis for a lot of people, especially for women. And so a lot of people are just operating under the presumption that they have it and they don't have Mm -hmm. like an official diagnosis, which is, I mean, to me, that doesn't really matter. (laughs) Like, I think it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I got coached by an ADHD coach and that was before I got diagnosed. And I was like, I just want to know. And she was like, why? Why do you want to know? I was like, I just want to know. (laughs) I just want to (laughs) know. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people too, they feel like, those that out there that don't really understand ADHD and they, they they see it as kind of like an excuse, like you're just, oh, you just want accommodations or you're just making excuses for your for stuff, which is so not true. But I think that's why a lot of people feel better with the actual diagnosis, because I don't know, they feel like they need some kind of legitimacy or something, which they don't. But I mean, I can understand why a lot of people feel that way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I just I want to say too, like mm-hmm. with your, with your program, like we as what, like people with ADHD are way overrepresented in the people that are struggling with their weight or overweight. Like, I think it's only like three to 5% of the population that has ADHD, but it's mm-hmm. like of the percentages of people that struggle with their weight, it's a lot higher, like of the percentage of them that are ADHD. I've seen various different studies and there's not like set numbers, Mm -hmm. but I would, I would guess (laughs) that there's a lot of people in your program that either have ADHD or maybe don't even know it, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it makes so much sense with the way that our brains work and the way that we might, I don't know, just handle food and life and that kind of stuff that, that, that's how we end up being sort of over, overrepresented in that in that way. Yeah. I can I mean I feel like if I didn't have coaching like the tools that I have now I think it would be really really life would still be really really difficult. Mhm. I'm just thinking about like some of my clients and how they just struggle to do like the self coaching or maybe just to sit down and like you know or be consistent in doing that. I was like, yeah, I struggled with that too. And I'm just thinking like, what was the difference for me? Like when did it click? Cause now I'm like, I got to do my self coaching. Mm-hmm. Like I have to emotionally bound. I kind of tell my husband, I was like, okay, I got to get my brain back online. Like I have to align yeah. my brain every morning. Granted there's a ramp up period. I cannot sit down with a pen and a piece of paper and be like, okay, and just start writing out my thoughts and like doing the brain dump and all the things. It takes me, I got to do all my, I got to <laughs> piddle, 
do all the stuff like, oh, let me do this real quick. Or let me, let me fix it. Let me wipe my desk off. Like it's just a whole thing. <laughs> but at some point, because I really struggle with self-coaching in the beginning, but at some point, I think the benefit of doing the self-coaching was greater than me not doing it at all. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, I think it's so normal for the resistance to that kind of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking of one client that was really, really resistant to it. So I'm just not a journaler. I'm not the kind of person that does that type of stuff and was insistent. And I said, what if you just told yourself you could do it for one minute? Like, mm. just one minute. And I that's tell my it. clients, this, I, I give them two. <laughs> Two, two minutes. Oh, I do two minutes. (laughs) It was so funny because she just, she was resistant for so long. And I'm like, don't pressure yourself. But I think you could really, really benefit from this. So she finally one day did it. She said, I will do one minute. I'll give you one minute. And that's it. And she she did it digitally, which is a little different than I would do it. But she Mm -hmm. sent me this whole like, basically like a manifesto of like, I figured it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she she went longer than her minute and like really, but just like once you can get past that barrier and really go inside and see like what's going on, it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing. But yeah, that stuff, the self coaching is, I think it's so critical. It really is. And I used to be so terrible at it. So terrible at it. But I knew I was like, listen, the people who I admire and and am aspiring to, they do this all the time. They talk about it all the time. And I was like, clearly, this is something that I need to figure out. And so I was just focused, right? It's that hyper focus of like, I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. My first like sort of foray into like the life coaching stuff, I had somebody had mentioned Brooke Castillo's podcast. Mm-hmm. This was years ago. And I listened to that. And I I just couldn't wrap my mind around the whole like, you know, your thoughts, creating your feelings, creating all of that stuff. It was just sort of mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. And from there, I had like started following another coach that like a life coach, a weight loss coach. And it just like all kind of clicked for me. And this is pre-diagnosis, but I don't think that there's any way I could have seen any kind of weight loss success if any of that stuff wasn't factored yeah. in at all. I think it's mm-hmm. just not just for people with ADHD, but for everybody. It's just such a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially for emotional eaters. Huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, that, that's the holy grail. For emotional eaters, I'm like, y'all need to understand what you're thinking mm-hmm. and what you're feeling because that's the only reason why you're eating. Mm-hmm. Until you understand that, that's the only time you, you're going to be able to make decisions that actually will align with your your weight loss goal. Hundred percent, yeah. And you could maybe you could stick to some rigid plan and not even consider your thoughts. I don't know how long you would last. No, I'll knock your way through that. But guess what? <laughs> Listen, it's all going to come for back. decades. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was on every diet. And see that ability to hyper focus of like mm-hmm. oh, new diet. Let me like nice and do all the things. Like mm-hmm. go on the message boards, read the entire book. Like whatever that diet said I needed to do, I did it. And I you were going to be the best at it. <laughs> and I was going to be the best at it. Like hyper focus for a good two, three, four weeks, maybe six, depending on like how much support I had. And if that weight didn't come off like this, 
I'm like, on to the next thing. I quit. Go find something <laughs> else to be excited about. And, you know, think it's, oh, something new, something, this one's going to work. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> now that I think yeah. about it, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. But there's so many women that are doing the exact same thing. And so that's my mission on this planet. <laughs> so yes. get you all off the, the, that diet uh, roller coaster, get you off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious about your, like, yeah, I mean, your program. So I know you have your Stop Dieting Forever program. Mm-hmm. And then you have you have something else that you're doing now, don't you, that's coming out soon? Yeah, yeah. So it's a one-time thing. I have a new curriculum that I am teaching. I've been teaching my weight loss process for, I don't know, couple years. I've been coaching since 2014. I think Stop Dieting Forever came like around 2016. But the first time I ever like presented in the way that I teach it now was like 2019. Mm -hmm. So all like most of this year, I've been just understanding weight loss in a completely different way. I've been getting like these like new concepts have been coming out of me (laughs) and new tools and worksheets and things that like really help my clients. And so I've been piecemealing it, like sharing some of it in our group coaching call or like I, my private clients would use my worksheets. Like, what do you think about this? And they were like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm very, I'm a very process oriented person. And so it felt very disjointed to me the way that I was delivering all the new stuff. And then it didn't jive with like what's already in the program. So I had this divine download recently or this weekend. And I was like, oh, I should do a 30-day boot camp because I used to do these 30-day boot camps. Right now inside of my program, we're doing a 30-day have-it-all holiday challenge. So we like the 30 days. Our brains, we can hold on like, okay, I can focus on something for 30 days. And so I decided, I was like, why not just teach this new, what I'm calling food framework in a 30-day container starting at the beginning of January? I was like, that's genius. So we can start off the new year understanding our feelings, objections, overcoming obstacles, and making damn good decisions. That's what food stands for. I love that. I know. I love that. And I think you're so right with the 30 days. This is one thing that I teach too is like, you know, especially for people who have a lot of weight to lose, when you think about that as a whole, and you have that, it's so far away, and our brains just Mm -hmm. don't work that way to make the connection. And so having like a, like a, like a time frame like that, it's like, I could do that. Like, I can commit to that. And I can get a lot done in 30 days. Yeah. And I'm just going to teach all the things in 30 days, you're going to learn how your brain works. You're going to learn why you have been overeating. It's going to make so much sense to you. And this is when my clients start losing weight very quickly in the beginning because they're like, oh my God, like this is the why that I can't, this is the reason why I can't stop eating in the evening. This is the reason why I'm like constantly eating off of my kid's plate. Mm-hmm. And they just, some habits, they just stop like that. And so it's, I call it a boot camp because it is like exercising your brain. Like <laughs> we're working out these muscles in your brain that you've never used before. And once you understand the principles, once you understand the process, once you understand your brain and you start to get that brain body connection in 30 days. Yeah. And then we can work on the weight loss afterwards. And so after the thir- this 30 day boot camp. 
people will be invited to join Stop Dieting Forever, which is my weight loss, lifetime access weight loss program. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really good. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Food focus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about program. it and I was like, very intrigued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should, Jen, you should join us. Uh-huh. Maybe I will. <laughs> you should join us. Yeah. And just, you know, I have coaches, weight loss coaches all the time mm-hmm. that I coach mm-hmm. just get some new information. So Yeah. I am such a, I totally believe coaches need coaches. Everybody needs coaches. And I love, I love learning from other people too. So yeah. So I I mean, I will probably be in there. (laughs) Yay. That'll be fun. It's always fun to have coaches in there. I love love coaching my coaches. I'll come (laughs) to the coaching call. I'm like, oh, my coaches. Like, stop thinking. Like, just be a client. Stop thinking like a coach and be a client. It's okay. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So you work with your clients one-on-one. Yeah. So I'm – because I'm still – I've only been in this space for a little while. So currently I'm doing one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. I do like it work in like a 12 week uh, framework with people. And I do hope to start doing a group program because I think especially for people with ADHD, like the support and the community and the accountability of working in a group would be really, really amazing. So that's mm-hmm. my goal for 2024 is to develop like a, a group program. Okay, be good. Really great. Yeah. 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 I like to do both. I like... I don't know. I just, I like the intimacy of like still coaching one-on-one and, you know, you have your like, your clients get those breakthrough moments. You can go deeper with the one-on-one clients. I love my group too. And I love just being able to teach some new things and like, this is what we're doing. And I love just being able to add to the curriculum. They're all like getting excited about this 30 day food focus bootcamp that we're doing. So it's fun to do both. So make sure Mm -hmm. You keep your one-on-ones yeah, or keep a handful, you know, as you build your group. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever want to let go of the one-on-ones. I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But so is that what you do? You do both Mm one-on-one as well as the group? Yeah. I usually keep five to 10 one-on-one clients just depending on like where I am in the development cycle of content, like how much time do I have to dedicate? But yeah, I always keep my one-on-ones. That's awesome. Tell me about your your Stop Dieting Forever program. That's what it's called, right? The, mm-hmm. Your main group program? Mm-hmm. How does that work? Okay, be specific. <laughs> like, <laughs> what exactly? Because I can go through the yeah. whole, like, what exactly? Yeah, so I, I guess I'm wondering, what what would you say are, like, the, the core principles behind your coaching, maybe compared to somebody else? You know, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I don't follow a lot of weight loss coaches Mm. for just because I want my ideas to be my ideas. I want my concepts to be my concepts. And I want my my solutions to support my clients and not like a version of someone else and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So my what was the question? I think I was just asking you about your principles, like what, like your coaching principles. Um, I don't know. I think I said compared to other people, but I don't really care about compared to other people. I was just like thinking of, you know, like, is it more the way that you coach? Is it more focused on the, like the thought work, emotional side of things? Oh yeah. It's definitely included. So yeah. 
I'm a health coach too. So I'm mm-hmm. certified as a health coach. What I teach is bioindividuality. Bioindividuality means that there's no one cookie cutter way that everyone is going to lose weight, even though we keep trying and throwing our money at these different diets thinking, oh, this is the one that's going to work. But, you know, keto may work for you, but it may not work for this person over here. So we just, first thing I do is help my clients undiet their brain, which means like you forget everything you think you know about weight loss and you're going to learn how your body loses weight. Your body loses weight because of what you're telling yourself in your brain. So we first look at, I help them create what I'm now calling an energy eating plan. And this helps with the undieting of like, oh, this is good food. This is bad food. Oh, I can't eat this or this. I shouldn't eat this and feeling guilty. We just remove all of the labels. All food is neutral. You have to determine how it reacts in your body. So in the energy eating plan, they decide and understand how different foods show up and give them different sensations in their body 60, 90 minutes later. So this really, I love this, my client who just discovered pasta carbonara is on her energy foods list, which, you know, people are like, oh, that's not an energy food. But we talk through it and she was like, I, I can eat pasta. Like I can eat Pasta carbonara, which is like cream and bacon. And I mean, Italians say it differently. Pasta. (laughs) It's a very like, it's a lot of cheese. It's a heavy dish that a regular dietitian or nutritionist may look at and say, oh, that's terrible. But I was like, how do you feel after you eat it? She's like, I had it the other day. And she was like, I felt satisfied. I was like, did you feel tired? She's like, no. Did you feel sluggish? No. Did you have brain fog? She's like, no. It's okay. Let's put it on your energy foods lesson. Like it's like we're not going to make this a problem because everyone else told you that pasta is a problem. But if you go to Italy, pasta is not a problem. If you go to another country, it's not a problem. So you need to understand what foods work for you and your body. And then we work on that 90 days at a time. So they create a 90 day eating plan, energy eating plan. We work the process. We track your weight. At the end of 90 days, we see where we are and then we tweak. Mm-hmm. Where can we make changes? We're like moving food around like, okay, does this go here? Does this go here? And then while we have the plan and we're working on our emotions and understanding, really, when are you physically hungry and when are you emotionally hungry? And I talk about, you know, the five different types of hunger. Four of them are emotional types of hunger. One of them needs to be fed by food. The rest is like, you need to find out what else you need. And it's not food because food is not going to fix this. And so that's like the bulk of the work is understanding. Like my one client today, I coached her and she was like, I had a brownie. She just recovered from the flu. And she's like, I knew my weight was going to go up as soon as I started eating again, because she wasn't eating as much when she was sick. And she was worried about that the whole time. So now she's feeling better. And she had a brownie. And I was like, okay, you had a brownie. She's freaking out. I was like, where is it on your plan? I was like, does it fall under like, is it an energy food? Is it a fun food? Like, is it a no food? Like, where is it? It's on her no foods because she's got a chronic disease. She's got eczema. Like, okay, why do we go for the brownie? And that's where we kind of started to dissect. She's like, well, I really wanted it. Well, why did you really want it? 
and we had to dissect it. And that came from this fear of regaining weight when she got better from her recovered from the flu. And she was like, it was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was worried about this for weeks. And I was like, why didn't you just come to your coach and say, hey, I'm worried about eating again. (laughs) I don't want to gain weight. But the worry caused her to eat the brownie. And I told her, I was like, you know how we know this was an emotional eat? I said, because you weren't like looking to have chicken and broccoli stir fry. You weren't looking to have like a kale salad from Trader Joe's. Like you were locked and loaded on the brownie. Mm -hmm. And that's how, you know, it was an emotional craving or emotional, a, a, a need to, an emotional hunger is what I'm trying to say versus a physical hunger. Yeah. I think that's, that's so amazing. Like to help people to work through and develop that awareness is, mm-hmm. is so huge, as well as the autonomy that they're going to gain from the bio individuality that you talk about. I totally agree with you. And I think that's one of the biggest components of what I teach is planning things and developing things in the way that's individual to you to how your brain works, as well as how your body works. How do you react to things? Just like you said, I love that. I think that's and we have, I think that's important. And we don't have enough coaches to do that because we have so much information coming to us from all over the place about what we should eat, what we shouldn't eat, what's bad for us, what's good for us. Like I was on a networking call last night And I did a little three minute speech and told people who I am and what I do and how I help people. And we were broke out into these smaller groups and people were like, oh, my God, I can't believe like you said that. I'm so happy to hear you that you were talking about, you know, your health is your wealth. But they were like, there's so much information. I don't even know like what to pay attention to when it comes to weight loss. So they're like, I just don't do anything. We just get paralyzed. Hey, if we followed all the rules, we wouldn't eat anything. Because (laughs) nothing lines up. And oh, I think what is so amazing about what you said and the way that you teach that or the way that you work through that with your clients is that the foods are not good and bad. Like you said, it's if you your body doesn't receive it well, or it doesn't make you feel a certain way, then maybe you choose out of love for yourself and caring for yourself and wanting to, you know, feel a little bit differently, you'll choose not to eat that food. But there might be something else that somebody else would be considering to be not good for you, like a carbonara or whatever, that mm-hmm. makes you feel like that energy. And so yeah, you are in the driver's seat of that. And it's not, you know, external sources telling you this is good and bad and, and having, you know, messed up rules about things. I think that's wonderful. Because every rule that you find of like what you should do, there's another rule or study or somebody said you shouldn't do, right? Right? Yeah. Like it's the opposite. <laughs> and that's why we're so confused and we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the foods too, they change. Right. They change the the way they react in your body. They change over time, depending on like your age, your hormones, just things change. (laughs) Like I developed a sensitivity to almonds and garlic, which I never had before. And it's just one of those things. It's like, oh, that's interesting. But once you understand, once you're so dialed into like how you feel and how food fuels your energy or zaps your energy, you can make these changes on the fly. It's like just, mm-hmm. just what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing too, because they're developing that awareness, especially mm-hmm. with people with ADHD who maybe don't naturally have it, but working through a process like yours, they're going to sort of beef up that muscle and be able yeah. to 
yes. to pay attention to those things. I love it's that. It's a muscle. It is yes. a muscle. It definitely <laughs> is a muscle. And that's why I was like, we're taking y'all to the boot camp. We're taking your brain yes, to the boot camp. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Work it out. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, and so when does that program start? The 30th? The January 8th. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So it's, I'm enrolling now through January 8th and it's going to run through like February 5th, I think. Mm-hmm. And I teach, I'll teach every day, Monday through Friday. I think I have enough topics for like 15 days or whatever, whatever the math, whatever the math is. You probably can do the math faster than me. Yeah. There's a Facebook group. So you can get your questions answered every day during the live calls. And I'm going to record everything. And that'll be part of the new curriculum inside Stop Dieting Forever. So once you finish... You can still like go back and learn and keep watching the materials over and over and over and over again because Stop Dieting Forever is lifetime access. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's really good. Yeah. And as things change, like are you always adding, yeah, you're adding in new materials and, mm-hmm. and that type of thing in the program. Yeah. I have, yeah, Jen, I have so much content. In fact, it's, <laughs> today we were coaching on holiday cocktails. So just we, we're doing this in our 30 day challenge now inside of our group. We're doing what I call a deep dive into common holiday obstacles, like eating obstacles. And so today we're getting everybody's thoughts on like, OK, holiday cocktails, wine, eggnog, winter sangria, whatever your thing is. Like, how do you what, do, what are your thoughts about them as it relates to your weight loss goal? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know how we got on this topic, but at some point during the call, it was a group coaching call. People were like sharing their favorite cocktail recipes <laughs> in, in the chat. And I'm like, this is so much fun because I don't want y'all to be afraid to drink, but I want you to make the decision of like what you said with love. I love that you said that of how you want to feel after you have a cocktail and then, and you're going to decide, is it going to be one cocktail or is it going to be four cocktails? You get to decide. So that just reminded me. And I was like, Oh, you know what guys? I was like, I think I have this freebie that I did years ago with like healthy holiday cocktails. (laughs) I was like, let me see if I can find it. Sure enough. I like searched in my documents and I found it. So I'm going to post it in the group. So to answer your question, yes, I'm always adding new stuff. That's awesome. (laughs) Into the the program. Yeah, that's great. It sounds really amazing. It is. It's my baby. It's my baby. And I went through so many different iterations of like, it was a membership one. So first it was lifetime access and then I changed it. And then it was like a membership and then it was like six months and then I just decided I wanted to do what was best for my clients. And I just know every other weight loss program in the world that I know of and have done like is month to month. Mm-hmm. And once you stop paying, you stop your access. You don't get any more support. And then that's when, you know, you potentially will regain the weight because you don't have that support as you transition. And the other thing is I didn't want my clients to have to keep making a decision every single month. Like, am I going to pay for this again? They're already feeling stressed about their weight. They're already feeling the pressure. I got to lose this weight. And I didn't want them to have to make that decision every single month. So I was like, you know what? We're going back to lifetime access and you take as long as you need to. You have all of the support you need. I don't think there's very many people that take that approach. 
that's that's really great because that is that's just another telling you don't do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah like maybe yeah from your perspective because it's like where's the constant money flow from that but I think that's really great. And mm-hmm. then, so there's the community aspect in there as well. Like mm-hmm. people are connected with each other yeah. in there. And we're we're on Facebook right now. I have dreams one day of leaving the Facebook community, but it works. I mean, but I do have a number of people who are not on social media. So mm-hmm. they miss out on the Facebook conversations and coaching that's happening in there. I just recommend, I was like, just create a fake profile. Yeah. I did have one client do that. So you don't miss out on it, but there's some people who are like, nope, social media is like a no. So yeah, no, well, that's a choice. I guess they can make mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's my baby. That's that's my joy. That's my love, and that's mm-hmm. what I, you know, I'm hoping to or looking to grow in 2024. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. And so it's only open for enrollment in certain periods of the year. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. Yeah. So right now we're gonna do the food focus 30 day. I actually have to think about that. So the people who enroll in Food Focus will be offered an opportunity to join Stop Dieting Forever. Then I think I'll probably, that will be in February. So I'll probably do another just general open launch like I normally do, Hmm. probably in March. Yeah, I got to think through that. So thank you for asking (laughs) me that question. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) for sure. So where can people find you? Well, you can find me at jenniferdent.com. That's my home on the internet. And while you're there, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter called Food Freedom. My home on, on Instagram is, I think, where you messaged me and found me. Mm-hmm. It was at Jennifer Dent Brown. And I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I say that kind of like jokingly, <laughs> like my podcast links to YouTube, but I, you know, we're working on the whole video thing and on, and I'm on Facebook too. But if you go to jenniferdent.com, you can find all of my links and my podcast is called Stop Dieting Forever. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I've listened to it. Just go listen to it. You'll really enjoy it. So. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Well, it was great talking to you today, Jen. It was great talking to you as well. Our first conversation we just recorded live (laughs) for the world to hear. Yeah. And good luck with the podcast. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Losing Weight with ADHD podcast. If you are ready to make lasting change in your life, please head over to my Instagram at jenniferwatts.ca where you can connect with me and find all the tools and tips you need. From there, you can also access my free guide of the Calm Method for Weight Loss with ADHD or book a free call with me. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out, especially if you have anything you would like to hear about on the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review so the show can continue to spread this message. Until next time.